All right, John chapter 12, very famous passage, verses 20 through 26. I'm going to read all the way through them. If you want to read along with me, you can, or you can just listen to me. John chapter 12, verse 20, says there were certain Greeks among them that came up to worship at the feast. The same came therefore to Philip, which was of Bethsaida of Galilee, and desired him, saying, Sir, we would see Jesus. Philip cometh and telleth Andrew, and again Andrew and Philip tell Jesus. And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. When I was a very young man, I, that verse came to me, and it, I said, that's going to be my life verse, John 12, 26. And it was for part of my life. And then I found another one that I took on. And you can do the same. Or you can say, I'm, I'm, I'm a whole Bible person. I don't need just one verse. Amen? All right, let's pray. Father, I ask that thou blessed the message. Time together. And help us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You be seated. You know, I've always been drawn to this passage of Scripture. I've always liked how it's worded. I've liked how it's said. Sir, we would see Jesus. These men, these Greeks, they're not Jews. They'd heard about Christ. They came, and they come over to Philip. And they tell Philip, sir, they knew he had one of his disciples. We want to see Jesus. This is interesting. This is one of my father-in-law's favorite passages right here. He used to have a plaque on his wall that said these exact words. Sir, we would see Jesus. I like how it's worded. It's not saying, can we see Jesus? It's saying, we would see Jesus. Uh, you, can, you can apply anything in there you want. We want to see Jesus we will see Jesus, we would see Jesus. You know, and it's always good when you're in a situation, you're not sure what to do, you go get someone else. So he goes to Andrew. He tells Andrew what's going on. And Andrew says, I'll go with you. Let's go tell Jesus. So they go and tell Jesus about these Greeks. Now what's interesting is, this is very pivotal passage when it comes to dispensational thought. Because things are about to change. If you, if you read throughout the, the whole book of John, you'll find these statements where he says, my hour's not yet come. He said it to his mother in John chapter 2. Woman, mine hour is not yet come. Don't try to force something too soon. And then in John chapter 7 verse 30, he says, my hour's not yet come. They wanted a sign from heaven. He said, my hour is not yet come. And then in chapter 8, they wanted to know why he claimed to be deity. And he answered them by saying, my hour had not yet come. But in, in here in John chapter 12, we find that he says, now the hour has come. So now he's ready. The timing's right. 
big things are about to take place, His hour has come. Time has come for Jesus to fulfill all the Bible. And even the Gentiles are going to seek after Him. See, up until now, He's not going to, to, to Gentiles. He never went to a Greek to tell them about Himself. He only did one miracle for a Greek, and that was because she talked him into it. The woman who uh, wanted her devil-possessed daughter to be healed, the Syrophoenician woman, she was a Greek. But, so the Greeks were not really the target until now. And, what's, and really, the way to explain it is, Jesus is king of the Jews. He's not seated as king yet. He is not, since he hadn't died on the cross, he really has nothing that the Gentiles can get. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Even us, until Jesus died on the cross, the Bible says he was a circumcision minister. He ministered only to the Israel. He came to the lost sheep of the tribes of the house of Israel. But Abraham's blessing is about to be fulfilled, which said all nations will be blessed in him, and all nations will be receive the benefits of him, but still, salvation had not yet come because he hadn't died on the cross yet. And he knew, my hour is about to come. We're at the hour, all right? You know, we came for this hour. Where does it? I think it's in John 18. He said, what do you want me to do? He says, Father, save me from this hour. He's standing before Pilate. He says, no, I came for this hour. This is the whole reason I came. Is for what's, what I'm about to do right now. I wonder, did these Greeks get an audience? doesn't really say that they did. doesn't say Jesus even spoke to them. He just immediately started doing what he does and start teaching Bible truth to his disciples when the request came. But the truth of the matter is, he had nothing to give them yet. So I don't think they got an audience. I really don't. So, you know, think about it. A sitting king over Israel has nothing to offer Gentiles, but a risen Lord does. One who rose from the dead, now he can tell his disciples, go and preach and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and then people will be saved. So what does he say here? And here's the message. Everybody knows this passage. At least you should. Verse 24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. Right? But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. So here's the, here's the uh, situation at hand here. Jesus is speaking of himself here. He's saying, I'm the corn of wheat. If I don't die, I'm going to be all by myself. Might be the greatest piece of wheat in the history of the world, which he was. He was the bread of life. But if he doesn't go to the earth and fall to the ground and die, he abides alone. He can help no one in his present state. He must die. He's the promised seed of Abraham, but that doesn't matter. So what we find is, think about this. Jesus was eternal life. It was his very essence, but it was in him. It wasn't in others. It was like embodied in this, his body, the seed of the wheat. He said, I'm the resurrection and the life. We knew he is. He's everything. But in himself, 
He cannot help these Greeks. He cannot help us if he abides alone. If he doesn't die, he cannot help other people. Think about this. There can't be a resurrection unless there's a death and a burial first. Right? No one ever rose and revived without dying first. This is the principle of first and primarily Jesus in himself saying, I'm giving you a personal testimony here, but it, but it applies to us. I cannot keep living alone. I have to die and be planted in the ground. Because if I do, I will bring forth much fruit. Much, much fruit. Jesus is a, a corn of wheat. Not, not filled corn, not corn on the cob. <laughs> it's a corn, kernel of wheat. But you could think about a, kernel, a corn. If you had one piece of corn and you didn't cook it yet, it means it's still alive. You may have pulled it off the stalk, it's still alive. It's abiding alone. It's hard. I mean, it's really hard. Try to chew on that thing. They're hard, you know. It has, to, it has to die and break forth before it can amount to anything for anyone else. Talk about these for a minute, these kernels. Life is inside that kernel of wheat. But if it stays in that kernel, what is it? It helps nothing. Right? No one can really eat it. I've chewed on wheat kernels before. They're not that good. And they always have that they have a, a, a chaff on the top of them and then a hard, crusty sh uh, shell that has to be busted open. That's why they would winnow the wheat. They would use a, they'd basically use a sledgehammer to bust it open. And then they'd fan it to get the chaff away. Hey, then we can grind it up. Then we can cook some bread. Then we can do a lot of things. But until then, you don't, nobody just chews on corn, uh, pieces of wheat kernel. Don't get anything out of it. It's very small, really little. It's very hard. It's alone. And it's raw. Has life in it. Has life for many, many people. But if it just stays where it is, it can't help anybody. And that's what Jesus is basically saying. I cannot help these men until I go through what a wheat kernel would do. When it gets planted in the ground. The only way I can free others is to die myself. Is what he's saying. Be buried. Life comes through death. That's what Jesus is saying. Now, in burial, if you take a seed. Some of y'all do this, actually. If you take a seed. Uh, many times I've seen people, I've seen some people even in Hondo do this. They make a tree out, they try to grow their own avocado plant out of an avocado. Stick it in the ground, stick it in the pot or in the ground, and sure enough, it germinates. Sure enough, up comes this stalk. Now, in this area, I don't think it'll ever amount to much. But down in Mexico, obviously produces a lot of avocado. I think how many avocados is eaten during the Super Bowl in a year? A football field full. Something like that. I mean, it's a lot. Yeah, you think about that. What is it saying? Those things can produce. But they don't produce as that big old hard thing sitting alone 
Where, what do we do with it? We throw it in the garbage and go buy some more avocados. You know, think about this, though. Seed is a miracle of life, a seed. Because it seems dead, but it's alive. But it's only alive unto itself. It's not alive into anything else but itself. But you know, think about it. If you'll put it in the ground, it'll take root, and then it'll shoot up, and that one piece of kernel, what does it say? Produce up to a hundredfold. A hundredfold. And that's what God said all of us ought to do. But even at that, I think one person, one seed, if they'll die to self and live unto Christ, allow Christ and be resurrected and live for Christ, thousands fold. Thousands fold. You could take, I wonder if it could be done. You could take one seed and you plant it and you nurture it and it grows up and it heads out all these different weeds. You harvest them. You save them to the next year. You plant them all this time. Before you know it, you're going to have a field full of wheat. That, and, and that's what Jesus is saying, you know, that, that's still reproducing after all these years. And we are the beneficiaries of it. Now, turn over to chapter 6. You know, that's what life's all about, though. Something has to die that we may live. If you ate meat today, it wasn't one of those fake hamburgers down at Burger King, whatever that stuff is. Well, it was plant-based, probably, so even it died, unless they're putting some bad, bad stuff in there, and they might be, for all we know. They just claim it's not real meat. Okay, all right, it's called an impossible burger. You better believe it. Has anybody had one? Nobody admit that. <laughs> All right. John chapter 6, verse 50. Jesus says, this is the bread which cometh down from heaven. See, he's the bread. He is the bread of life. And what does it say? That a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. Not the seed. The bread that comes from the seed. The seed, the, the seed had to die before the bread could be produced so that all the world could live. So we eat of him and we have everlasting life. You know, the kingdom can't grow without death. It's just the way life, it's just the way God said it. Listen to these verses. Now, when Jesus was on the cross, he knew this is my hour. This is my hour to do what I have to do. And while he's suffering on the cross, Isaiah 53, 10 says, he shall see his seed and shall prolong his days. He looked ahead and he saw all of us. I, I like to think he had the ability. When he was dying, he saw me. He saw me. He saw the seed that's going to be produced through his death and resurrection. And he saw you. And then in, in Psalm twenty-two thirty, which is another pr uh, principle, or another chapter on the death of Christ, a seed shall serve him. It shall be accounted to the Lord for a generation. Had no children of his own in the flesh. All spiritual children birthed by his death. So Christ was so willing to die, he was willing to die and be buried in the ground. 
because he knew the, the principle of the multiplication of life. Now, Christ is the ultimate because every believer in, since Christ and now came off of his one seed. Isn't that amazing to think about? All of us, we are alive because of him. So let's give some principles on this and we'll be finished up. Now, this is really interesting. I want you to really consider this, all right? Now, how much is a corn of wheat worth? Just one. About that big. How much is it worth? If it's a loan, it's not worth much, is it? Hey, I got one loan kernel of wheat. I got it in my purse. I'm planning on planting it next year and reaping a big harvest. But is it worth much? Honestly, is it really even worth much to itself? Oh, it's alive. It thinks. It hasn't gone to the earth and died yet. Is it worth much to anybody else? No. Nobody can benefit from that thing. Mm-mm. Remember, it's enclosed in itself. That's why Jesus said it abideth alone. It's enclosed within its very self. It's encased. All right? Now that said, this means none of us are worth much if you're alive. Not worth very much. You know why? It's all about you. You're encased in your life. You're in your seed. You didn't burst forth where you take root down, shoot up and grow upward and produce fruit. We're just a seed. There's a lot of life in there. No, there's not really that much. Only to self. So, it's a principle of life here. We're not worth much alive. You know why? Because we're alive unto self, only us. Only us. And which is basically, in my opinion, another form of death. It really is. It's another form of death. Now, next. So only when the seed falls and dies in the earth can it germinate to a new life. So it's going to have to go through a death process. We're not talking about getting saved, even though that's important. It can only be, okay, in Christ. I'm trying to explain this the best I can. In Christ, we must die to self in this world so that we can be beneficial in this world and the world to come. You can't be helpful to God if you're living for self. You can't be helpful to other people if you're encased in your own self. You must die to break forth. And that's what Jesus is saying. When they split open his body, when they, the, we, broke, we broke the bread, my broken body given for you, what did it do? Produced a lot of fruit. Only then can it reproduce. Only then can you experience what we call multiplication. Turn over to 1 Corinthians 15. First Corinthians 15. You getting some good notes? Amen. All right. And that's be number four. Think about this. You'll never know what you can be if you don't die. Because you already know what you are if you don't die. 
You're stuck with what you are. You already know. You'll never know what you can be if you don't die to self and get sown into the earth. That's why here's a good principle here in 1 Corinthians 15. He says in verse 37, And that which thou sowest, uh-oh, they're going to put it in the ground now. What? Thou sowest not that body that shall be, but bare grain. It may be a chance of wheat or of some other grain, but God giveth it a body as it pleased him, and every seed his own body. So I always find it fascinating that there's no two trees on earth that are similar. There's no two identical trees. They all look different. They all came out of a seed, and they all produced, and God gave it a body as it pleased him. We don't decide where the branches kick out of that stem. You can prune it a little, but God makes these decisions. But what it says is, when you, when you sow the seed, you don't, you're not sowing what can be yet. Well, basically, excuse me. You are sowing what can be. It's not it yet. It's a wonderful principle of life that you must be put in the ground to die. So true life is found in losing your own natural life. You go back to John 12. John 12. If you really want to find your life, if you really want to know who you are, you're just a seed. That's all you are. But you can be so much more if you'll follow Christ. Look at verse 25. He that loveth his life shall lose it. He that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. True life is found in the losing of your natural life. If it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. If it lives, it won't bring forth any. How strange is that? If you live to yourself and just keep being that seed, you're never going to produce for God, ever. You have to die first. What does it say in verse 25? He will keep it unto life eternal. So what we find is, is true life is found to be eternal. Your natural life dies so that your eternal life can be blossom and, and uh, exposed. So until you give up yourself and die to the will of God, until you fall to the earth in death, which Jesus said he had to do, you're going to abide alone. You're not going to produce. You'll be all alone. It's like Jesus said in Matthew 25. You'll be the one talent man who hid his in the earth, never produced one thing for God. And God really got upset with him, didn't he? By the way. So, Number seven, though multiplication is the result, we will be multiplied greatly. God's honor is what matters most. That's why he says in verse 26, if any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. What he's saying is, won't you follow me down to the ground and die to self? And God will honor you for this. And not only that, you will be bringing forth the most amazing amount of, food, of uh, fruit. You know, okay, you consider your life and we'll be about done. Think about this. When you were living for yourself and really thought you were living it up, how happy were you? 
How truly happy were you? And who got affected for good out of it? Who really benefited? You know, think about this potential. I hear something. Potential. You know what potential is? Oh, they have such great potential. Well, it is is that seed. Potential's nothing. Because if it stays in that seed, it will never show itself. Oh, so a wasted potential. Well, that's everybody. Wasted potential. They won't die to self. They want to stay in that enclosed case of the seed and hide out and just live unto themselves. What are, you know, we always say, they're in their own little world. They're in their seed. That's what they are. Oh, but the potential is there. Well, it'll never be proven out if they don't fall to the earth and die. The times that I died to self, I was very, very happy, and a lot of great things happened. The times I lived for self, nothing much took place. Boy, I thought it was great. I had great ambitions. I had great aspiration. I actually deceived myself into thinking great things were happening. When I look back, nothing lasting. There was no eternal fruit. It was all unto self. Nobody, the Greeks couldn't be saved. The, the Greeks couldn't even see Jesus yet because I was living unto self. I was alone. I was alone. Now, I'll say this again. I want you to really consider this. You'll never know what you can be in life until you surrender your life to God and die to self. Nobody. You're a, you're a seed. Nobody will ever know how to really live outside of Christ. Read it again. Verse 24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except the corn of wheat fall into the earth or in the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. So until you surrender to your will to God's and die, and until you are given into the earth in a baptism of death, like Jesus said, until your hour of death comes, like his, he says, this is my hour. It has come. You know, I think any good, any Christian amounts to anything, this hour has to come where they die to self. You're going to abide alone. You're going to be alone. You're going to have the effect of being alone. I know some people like to be alone, but you know what? They're not worth much either. They're not worth much. So go back when you were the happiest in life, the most fulfilled. Think about it. When was I? I'm not really meaning the word happy. I felt the most fulfillment. When was it? Or the greatest moments when you could say, I really identified with Christ. I just, man, it was amazing. When was it? How did it come to pass? When you put yourself to death and was in, in, in rose. The death, burial, and resurrection of Christ in us. Then you started doing eternal works, right? Moments that truly last. So a lot of people did a lot of foolish things last night. I would, ima I would ima uh, imagine. They did a lot of things. None of it meant anything. It's all thrown away. They lived unto self. They didn't die to self. I'm not saying you can't enjoy life. Enjoy life under the fact that you died for Christ as he died for you. 
Your life will mean nothing in the kingdom until you die. So he said, he that follow, verse 26, if any man serve me, let him follow me. Where are you going to follow him? To the cross, to the ground, to the resurrection moment, to much, much fruit. You ever grown something and you start watching it? Isn't it fun to watch it grow? Have you ever grown anything that actually produced? The only thing I can produce is cactus. Uh, you know why? They just kind of kick a shoot out there and a shoot out on that side, and I dig it up and go plant it somewhere else, and it lives. Man, that's my type of stuff. But I'm, I'm not uh, a horticulturist by any means. But I know in my own life, if I don't, it, and you can, you know, it's so weird. You try to revive yourself back to self, and then you realize again, it didn't work. I haven't been producing lately for God. I've been alone. Oh, but I'll need my time alone. Well, you're going to be alone. You're going to be alone. Let's pray. So many people, I'll, I'll pray, but so many people are trying to live in a carnal shell. That's their life. That's why it doesn't work. And that's why life is hidden. That's why they're not expanding. And that's why there's just something wrong there. If you'll surrender to Christ and do die to your will and, and live and let him have his way with thee, God will bless you in ways you can't imagine. You don't know what the future holds. You just commit yourself unto him and great things will happen. Father, uh, enough's been said. I pray that you do your work in, in your people. I know the, the people that are in this room and the uh, caliber. We all have this understanding. We know it to be true. We've seen it in our own lives. We've watched it time again in other people's lives. We pray that you'd help us to do what Jesus said, that if any man loveth me, he will follow me, and he will serve me, and then you will honor them. Help that to be us. May we be found faithful, even unto death, so that we might live Help us to ever keep this in mind until you come again. And help us to be those that produce a hundredfold, not 30 or 60, a hundred and beyond because we understand this precept. And we pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen.